The story you're about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. All right, Jim, it's good to have you with us back on Sports Talk after what was uh, a very busy week in the trial down there in Walterboro. Off today, back at it tomorrow, and now the defense, I guess it's the defense. That sounds too much like football. Defense. The defense uh, gets its time, and they got a lot to do, don't they? Well, heard and saw that they're going to take about a week to present their defense. First off, Anybody, if you're a juror or an alternate, stop listening. This is no longer a sports talk show hmm. <laughs> for the next five minutes. Um, <laughs> seriously, you know, they're not supposed to listen to media accounts. Yeah. Um, you know, if they take a week, it shows that they need to negate some things in order to have a chance to, to get a not guilty verdict. Um, you know, it was it's amazing some of the, the technology here. I was just going over some of the things that, that have been reported about using the GPS to figure out how long uh, Alex Murdo was in different places, like uh, the 20 minutes that the the um, caregiver, caregiver of Alex Murdo's mother said that he was at his mother's house uh, coincides with this GPS tracking. Um, GPS tracking had his speed, yeah. had uh, him slowing down in an area around where Maggie Murdo's phone was found. And why is that important? Well, he was texting her during the time after she had already been, been shot and there's some, you know, inference that he had the phone with him, texted, making sure that the phone was getting the checks, and then he threw it out. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's amazing how trying to prove the circumstantial case allows you or forces you to go into technology like that. And it's the timeline, and it's what builds into it that uh, is going to decide, I think, uh, the fate of Alex Murdoch. Um, do you believe that he murder, murdered his wife and his son in such a way? Do you believe that even though he did it, even though there are no weapons found, do you believe it um, even though there are no eyewitnesses and there's no videotape uh, of him, uh, no photographs, uh, the, the crime scene has been you know, uh, altered or there was not great care taken to preserve the crime scene? Does that make a difference? Or does it just all add up when he lies about being at the scene? repeatedly to law enforcement in the interviews. And then he's got one, two, three, four people, I think, identify him as a voice on the video that Paul takes minutes before um, he is is killed. And and they know it was minutes before because he was on the phone with a live witness who testified, yeah, I was on the phone with him. And he said, send me a video because we can't FaceTime. And so why would he lie about being there, not being there? And uh, there's all sorts of things that you could read into it now. Um, you know, maybe he was there, but someone else did. Uh, you know, that's you know, what's that going to do to the jury? Who knows? Uh, but it's it's been a obviously a fascinating case. Some people are, are sick of it by now. Mm. Um, some people have made up their mind just based on the media reports. But the jury can't do that. They're not even allowed to deliberate. They're not allowed to. Well, they're never allowed to deliberate until they get all the facts and they get the charge and the law. They're not supposed to even talk about it among themselves or with anybody. And that's really hard because it's been how many weeks? Three. And could you sit down? The, the the jury has not been sequestered, right? I don't believe so. I've seen nothing about that. Yeah. However, uh, I think that was done, and I'm just speculating, because they're going to go get sequestered after they get the, the case to, to deliberate, and that's when you know um, it's going to be a little bit of a hardship. So you don't want to put too much hardship on the jury. Um, you might remember there were a couple of people who were released because they had COVID. One had symptoms, one did not. 
judge waited till the middle of the trial to pick a four person because he was gauging who was paying attention the most, who seemed to be uh, responding um, uh, favorably. That really? would be a good leader. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. You mean a judge can dismiss a juror based on his observations? No, 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 no. Picked a foreman. You know, the foreman is the one who's supposed to lead the jury through the discussions. Right. Some judges pick right at the beginning of the case. Some judges wait till the end. Oh, okay. Some do it okay. in the middle. I got you. So he, he, he waited to gauge the jury, so he's looking. Okay. And seeing what, what the jurors were and, and which ones were paying attention the most, which ones seemed like they were. Um, and you can tell when people are, are running that, you know, the evidence through their own computer, through their mind. And he picked somebody in the middle of it. Um, and they, he picked plenty of alternates to me because, you know, you know, the three week trial, you never know what could happen. Hmm. Um, uh, there was a little bit of a uh, only one reported incident that I saw. And there might have been a few others where the lawyers got to the point where he got frustrated with them. Um, and he just said, well, I'll let you guys argue. I'm going to take a break. Um, he's shown um, a great restraint because there's been so much time, money and effort put into putting this trial together. You know, he can't let any of his frustrations uh, affect anything that's going on. In other words, the lawyers get a little more leeway now than, than perhaps in other cases. Um, but, you know, they're cooped up there, too. Everybody's human. Mm-hmm. Um, and and y- if you sit down and look through the timeline, it's hard to understand how he couldn't be there and couldn't know that this was happening. Sure. Um, and then, you know, what does that mean, though? Are someone going to say, well, that means he was there, but he didn't pull the trigger? And what's the jury going to be charged in the law? Uh, you know, there's... There's no, there's nothing about anyone else in the prosecution's case. Now the defense case coming up, they could just, be, they could be anything. It could be everything from he takes a stand, Paul Murrow. I mean, um, Alex Murrow takes a stand to he doesn't take the stand. He doesn't have to. Um, you know, the inclination of most people who have his background and education and are used to explaining things would be to, I want to take a stand. I want to explain everything. Um, maybe, maybe not. I think that that's a, a game time decision. In other words, when the time comes, that's when they make their final choice. And he can make the final choice. He will make the final choice. Lawyers advise and clients decide whether or not to take the stand. Hmm. Um, and they could, there could be, you know, they said a week, but they could just decide, be deciding right now, you know what? We don't need to do that. Let's pull a little surprise and let's not present any evidence. And therefore, we get the last word in the closing argument. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but that's a possibility. Uh, and they're evaluating everything day by day and witness by witness. They have their plan, but they've got to decide what to do next based upon what has just happened. Uh, but now they get to go on the offensive, and they get to punch holes in the, in the, the uh, case. One thing I want to point out is remember early on, not early on, the last few months there was talk about an expert who was going to testify about blood splatter. Did not testify that as far as I saw. They did not have an expert on the blood, the out-of-state expert where he apparently changed his opinion you know, after Sled um, said, look at it again, look at this. and So that person didn't uh, testify. And, and again, the prosecution obviously does not want to give any kind of grounds for appeal to overturn a verdict if they get a verdict of guilty. Um, you know, the clothes are a big thing, too. If, if you recall, you know, there's a picture of him at, at, the, at Moselle where the murders happened wearing uh, long pants and a shirt. And then he shows up after visiting his mom in a T-shirt and shorts. One witness, uh, the one of the investigators testified the clothes were dry, but he was sweating. So the inference there, obviously, is he changed the clothes. Why would he change the clothes? No blood on his hands, though he said that he had tried, had moved Paul to try to check on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, no blood on his clothes. And it was a terrible scene. I mean, you still see accounts where um, uh, media and other people who were there report that jurors wept 
when they saw the crime scene. And, and there, some of that was redacted. They didn't show some of it. It was just horrible. So, you know, you put all that together and, you know, you, you hate to have jurors think that they've got to come back with a verdict because a crime happened. It's got to be the right person. But, you know, it is a circumstantial case. And you don't have to, he doesn't have to prove his innocence. But, you know, when you get to the point where there's little or to no logical conclusion, that means the jury's got to decide what is a reasonable doubt. And just remember that it only takes one person to avoid a conviction, not an acquittal. It's got to be an unanimous verdict. But if one person keeps voting no, 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 and they get up with a hung jury, that's not a, that's not a um, that's going to um, result in a, a mistrial, and the, the prosecution have to do it again. Mm. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of stuff that could happen in the next week, or it could be very little, it could be very mundane, just going after um, the the inconsistencies about the crime scene and about some of the forensic evidence. And it might be boring. They might expect him to get up on the stand and and give some sort of shocking story, and he might not. And he might, it might just be just enough for, for the lawyers to argue in closing argument, here's a doubt for which you have a reason. Here's a doubt for which you have a reason. Versus the methodical and very painstaking and very complete picture of that night from all angles possible. The GPS on the truck, the videos, uh, the people who were there uh, at different times. Um, and uh, it's just it's a fascinating case. Mm. Without a murder weapon. Uh, it's really just fascinating. Yeah, trying to trying to prove something like this with with the evidence that they have, like you said, with no murder weapon and no eyewitnesses and everything. That's I'm sure that's what the defense is is hanging on. I I envision the scene from A Few Good Men where Tom Cruise is you know in the rain and uh, they're trying to decide whether or not to put um, uh, what's his face Nathan on the stand. Jessup. Yeah, yeah, Jessup on the stand. Yeah. I'm going to put him on the stand. So I don't yeah. mean to make fun or anything. But for those of us who don't know anything about the legal system and uh, in, in how trials uh, work and all that kind of stuff, that's all we can rely on, a few good men. That's my uh, education into how trials work. Um, it was on TV the last few weeks, and I saw it. I noted one thing that was not really realistic. So it's, 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 it's I mean, it made good theater. It, it made some points, but there's some things that, that just won't, wouldn't happen. Well, don't say it because I love that movie, and every time yeah, I it's watch my it, favorite movie. Yeah, every time I watch it, I watch it like it's the first time I've ever seen it. So, um, but mm-hmm. Netflix is going to be dropping the Murdom documentary here like any day, right? I agree. I'll bet you they are. Who's going to watch it though? I think I, I mean, will. Every other people, you will. Okay. Yeah, I think I will. You think someone will be able to put it together for you in a way that you haven't been able to experience it yet? Uh, I mean, just the background, the details, and, and the interviews that they'll have, you know, will be, I think, will be enlightening. Uh, once they, They're probably going to talk to a lot of the media people who've covered this thing from the beginning, you know, going back oh, a yeah. few years. Hey, Jim, we got to go. Thank you so much. Thanks. So we'll hit you up later in the week. I will remember, forest from the trees. Can't, you got to be able to tell the forest from the trees. Very sound logic. And we appreciate Thanks, you Jim. for that. Thank you. Chris, have a great trip to wherever you're going tomorrow. Statesboro, Georgia. Enjoy. And thank you, Pat. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.